The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show, everyone. Happy holidays. I hope you had a great Christmas or Hanukkah. And isn't it that great time of the year to be with your family and celebrate? And one of the things that's important to me is also friendship. And that's why I am excited to have with us today a friend of mine, someone I've known for a long time that I think highly of, um, and you will see how much she has going on, not just here, but internationally. She is an advocate for people with disabilities, a great leader. Welcome to the show, Deborah Rue. Thank you, Joyce. I'm really excited to be part of your amazing show. And I, oh. consen- and I consider you a friend, too, Joyce. Well, that's a fact. You can count on it. Um, you know, Deborah's one of these people that just is always nice. That's all I can say. She's always a good person. She's always uh, friendly, positive, and isn't that the type of people we all want to be around? Oh, yeah, before I forget, I know another person like that. Yoshiko Dart. I hope you had a great holiday. I know you're listening. You're a blessing to me, Yoshiko. So with that, um, Deborah, for everyone listening to the show, um, let's start with what caused you to become an advocate for people with disabilities. Well, as you know, Joyce, I became an advocate for people with disabilities because of my daughter. I have two grown children, and my eldest is Sarah, um, and Sarah was born with Down syndrome. Sarah happens to adore and love Joyce. Every time she sees Joyce, she almost knocks Joyce over, running to uh, give her a hug. But when when Sarah was born with Down syndrome, <clears throat> in the, the first of all, the doctors didn't realize she had Down syndrome until she was four months old. And when they told us, when they finally figured out that she had Down syndrome, I started getting all these, oh, life is over as you know it, this is so sad, this is so tragic, and I, at that point, I already knew this little, you know, soul, this little baby, and I thought, well, why, you know, why does this have to be such a tragedy, and and I'm not... Um, I mean, of course, we walked grief. You know, we thought our daughter had one path, and we were being told she had another path that we did not understand. So, um, but she was, as she was, and continues to be the reason why I um, I'm so passionate about inclusion of people with disabilities. And I have to do this. Ready, Sarah? Sarah, how are you? And you know, Sarah, I love you. 
So just want to make sure I shout that that out. (laughs) And and you know what, uh, Deborah? It is terrible how people feel like that because look at this great woman, this great young woman we have with us, Sarah. And just trust me, she's a dynamo. If you're listening to the show, trust me, Sarah is a dynamo. Well, I've known you uh, since way back, Tech Access, when you were in accessibility, but boy, you have really, really impressed with how you have expanded uh, and have this business that's global. So for everyone, again, listening to the show, what is Rue Global Communications? Well, as you as you noted, I, I had tech access before, and even before that, Joyce, I was in the banking industry, and I was in. Um, I built my career up to really the executive levels in in the business uh, in the banking industry, and then I, like so many parents, um, woke up to the fact that my kids were going into middle school and life was going to be very different. And even more so, I realized at the time I just I just had not been exposed to all of the employment problems for people with disabilities. And so when Sarah reached middle school in Virginia and they started telling us pretty much that Sarah would never add any value at all to the workforce, I thought, why, why? And so I decided instead of complaining about it, I would create Tech Access, which was a for-profit technology company that, uh, and I employed over 80% of my team were people with disabilities, technologists with disabilities. And I grew into a multi-million dollar business and it was a bumpy ride sometimes, very bumpy, never perfect. But uh, that I merged that company in 2011 with SSB Bart Group. And then about 18 months later, I just loved being an entrepreneur. So I stepped out and I thought, what I really want to do is see what we can do to to make our voices louder, to make sure that we're really do, presenting a more empowering voice for people with disabilities and, and almost try to catch brands, corporations, government agencies, nonprofits all over the world, catch them doing things that are right for people with disabilities and that are including us. And so I didn't really want to compete with anybody. I just really wanted to make sure that people knew if they wanted to employ people with disabilities, uh, Bender Consulting is a great organization. If they wanted to make sure their websites were accessible, you know, there's a lot of great companies like SSB and DQ and the Passiello Group and many others. So I wanted really to tell the stories. And there was something happening around that time, um, a few years old, called social media. <laughs> so yeah, right. I, I jumped in there with both feet and really started um, advocating in as powering way as possible, so that people's voices could be heard on social media and people with disabilities' voices could be heard. And so I, um, it, it's I'm it's I call myself a global disability inclusion strategist because I work with multinational corporations, UN agencies, countries. Um, nonprofits, 
just trying to make sure that you understand that you don't have to create, you know, start from the beginning. There's a lot of wonderful resources out there, and there are a lot of really good best practices, and nobody's perfect, but we don't know what perfect means. And so I feel like I'm a um, self-appointed storyteller, and you, of course, are a self-appointed storyteller too, Um, you know, Joyce, with the work that you do, but I really felt that our voices needed to be a lot louder than they were being, you know, especially on social media. So so just to explain this a little bit more, um, so your business, is it going to countries and companies and telling them um, how to access, as you said, employment or whatever it is? Is that what you mean? Well, I know, and, and it's it's not um, super cut and dry, but what I do, it, depending on who it is, if a, I do a lot of work with large corporations. Um, many of the corporations are multinational, and so I will go in with them and I'll strategize with them. Okay, where are you now? Let's just benchmark where you are. Okay, great. So you have employed some people with disabilities, but you want to do a better job. Okay, so let's look at that. And um, how accessible? or is your ICT, your Internet Communications and Technologies, for your clients as well as for your employees. Okay, let's look at that. And then we take a look at where they are of all the different moving parts because there's a lot of moving parts. How are you with the accommodation plans that you have? So I just help them strategically at a high level look at where they are. And then what I do is I recommend vendors to come in and help them solve whatever problems they have. Now, I am an author. I've written two books. I've written one about social media, and then my most recent book, Tapping into Hidden Human Capital, is about employing people with disabilities from an employer's perspective. So sometimes people say, oh, you're an expert on employment. And I am an expert on employment in that I have actually employed many people with disabilities. I'm an expert in that I've written a book about it. I'm an expert because I've guided, but there are experts that are even better than I am that know how to put an entire program together for a company, and that's not what I really do. What I do is I strategize with the corporations to know who they should be working with, and I always give them multiple choice, multiple vendors because these companies are so big that they're almost afraid that if they try to put everything with one company, they might accidentally sort of crush that company. And I, so it's, it's, I'm sort of a, a top-level strategist in that way with corporations. Now, with the United Nations agencies, I sort of do the same thing. Like, I will help them with policy development. I did policy development for um, UNICEF. I've done, um, I'm working, consulting, and supporting some paid and unpaid with UNESCO, with the International Labor Organization, with the United Nations itself, do a lot of work, paid and unpaid, for G3 ICT, Excel Lebois and his organization. Um, and I have uh, university customers, and I have countries like Egypt and Oman and Qatar, for example. Those countries have hired me 
to strategize with them and help them come up with the best policies and what do they need. And so it's almost like I, um, I facilitate the introductions and make sure that they have a good plan in place that has good measurement so that they can track their progress as they're successful. And then on, on top of everything else, I do a lot of marketing and branding um, of these organizations, uh, whether they're working with me or not, to make sure their stories are being heard so that we know which corporations are actually trying to include us. Wow, that is really <laughs> awesome. That is so impressive. Pretty different. Uh, <laughs> so impressive, Deborah. No, really, that is, that's very impressive. Uh, and why I asked you, now, wait, where does the social media come into that? Well, the social media, I am in love with social media, and I know that great, bad happens on social media, but I believe that a lot of good can happen on social media as well. And so I'm very active on social media. I have a a very large following, um, and I'm very proud to have a large following, and I try to do, as you said, I, I really do try to put out good content out there about who's doing the right things and who's really supporting us and how can we learn from each other. And sometimes I post things that are troubling. I posted, you know, I, I, that, you know, we need to look at as a society and make sure that we are educating, you know, people with disabilities, for example. But I also run a tweet chat on Twitter. I'm very active on Twitter, and it's called Access Chat, A. XS chat, and um, it is the second largest tweet chat in the world, Joyce, talking about all topics, but we talk about disability inclusion, empowerment, accessibility, how to reduce the digital divide, accommodations, and we've been doing it every single Tuesday. It's at 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, um, and it's 8 o'clock in the U.K. and Europe, and we have Middle East joining. We, we have people all over the world joining. A good friend of ours, a very good friend of yours, and has become a dear friend to me, Tony Coella was on the program a few months ago, and it was a really big success. And, Joyce, I hope you're going to come on in the future as well. But it is um, – we just passed our billionth tweet. We, um, like I said – Wow! In the world. I that is so powerful. That is just awesome. That, that <laughs> no. is phenomenal. Hey, I no. want to talk more about this, but we're going to go to break – and then we'll be right back. And if you just joined us, we are talking to Deborah Rue, the founder and CEO of Rue Global Communications. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Since 1985, Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. 
Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high-test line of service. For more information, please visit www.benderconsult.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show, everyone. Hey, if you just joined us, we're talking to Deborah Rue, the CEO of Rue Global Communications. And you know, i got to tell you this. I'm so impressed with her, but I've got to tell you that right before we went to break, she was telling us what they just passed with their tweets. I want you to tell that again, Deborah. Yeah, uh, we've had over a billion tweets, a billion tweets, and it's all about disability inclusion and uh, accessibility and accommodations. And this is a global chat. We've had ambassadors, we've had senators, we've had CEOs, we've had individuals with disabilities, actors with disabilities. It's just amazing who we've had on, and there's still so many other amazing people we want to have on the program. So it is really, well, we had the show, we do it every Tuesday. Yesterday we had the show, and it trended all through the United States, which a lot of people talk about trending on social media, but we actually trended. And so it's, it's a powerful medium, powerful medium. Okay, now tell us the name of that again. It is Access Chat, and it is, but it's spelled A is an Apple, X is an X-ray, S is in Sam, then Chat, A-X-S Chat. And you can look at a website, it's axschat.com, to look at all of, we've had over 30, um, we've had 30 plus program, I'm sorry, 300 plus programs, and we have, um, we've archived all of the videos, um, and they're always, the same thing that you do, Joyce, we, we do the videos and then we caption them and transcribe them so they're accessible to everyone, and um, we've kept, all, we have all of that data warehoused on accesschat.com, and it's a global chat. We're talking not just from a U.S. perspective, but a global perspective, which I think is very important. And, again, uh, for those that maybe aren't familiar with Twitter, can you explain to everyone what you, of course, Twitter is a social medium that uh, so many of us use to tweet that 140-character information. Uh, and I'm sure, you know, if you watch the news right now, you've heard about Twitter. Uh, but what I wanted to uh, ask you to do is, would you mean explaining what a Twitter chat is. Yes, it, you know, a Twitter chat is similar to um, 
to other things. I mean, you can have a Facebook Live now. There's all kind of groups that you can be part of. There's LinkedIn groups. There's Facebook groups. There's there's all these ways that communities can come together. So what a tweet chat is, is we all use the same hashtag so that you're – and what you can do, there's a lot of different ways you can get into it, but you can do search and you can do hashtag AXS chat and you can see the conversations going back and forth. But it's a way to form community. So how we have done it, there's three of us, myself from Virginia, um, Antonio Santos, who is uh, with Atos, a multi-billion dollar company um, in, well, it's a multinational company, and he's in Ireland and Portugal. And then Neil Milliken, who is the head of accessibility for Atos, he's in England. And so all three of us do it together, and we, uh, we video a guest on a Monday. We do a video, and we talk to them about the topic, and we do like a 30-minute video. Then, you know, we send it to get captioned and transcribed, and we load it. We come up with six questions based on the interview, and then the next day at 3 o'clock, Eastern Standard Time. We have we uh, post those questions um, every ten minutes. So at three o'clock, you, the first question is posted, and then in ten minutes, the second one, and then all these people join from all over the world, answering the questions, talking back and forth, asking the guest a question. So it's like an interactive live show that's happening on Twitter. It, so it's fascinating and very powerful. I mean, we were the number one tweet chat in the world, um, which was staggering because we're just volunteering doing this. And then uh, Hootsuite, which is a tool, a social media tool, was like, what are those people doing? And so they they actually started doing their tweet a little, their tweet chat a little different and went ahead of us. But we'll take number two in the world, especially when we're talking about why it's so powerful to include people with disabilities in every aspect of society and how people with disabilities are not broken. They're probably using different parts of their brain, which adds value to all of society. So it's a very empowering show. It's just very empowering. It's very, and we use it to advocate. Um, but we have a lot of brands. I'll do a shout-out for Barclays Bank. Barclays Bank is always very active on the access chat. And I love brands that very deliberately are out there talking to us and including us in meaningful ways. So we, I love it. Can you tell I love it? <laughs> I can tell you love it. And, you know, I have participated in some of these, like, with federal agencies. You know what I mean? Like, yes. uh, OFCCP is going to have a Twitter chat or Valerie Jarrett at the White House is, uh, going to have this, and, and they are really powerful, but I've got to tell you, to be number one, the number two in the world, that is phenomenal. And that is really phenomenal. Yeah, yeah and that just shows you, again, the power today of social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I tell people all the time, you've got to get into this, got to get into it. Uh, but... I want to move on to, guess what? Guess what I have sitting here on my desk, Deborah? Let me tell you what I have sitting on my desk. Let me get this for you. And it is Find Your Voice Using Social Media by Deborah Rue. And on my Kindle, I have your other new book. So, I mean, here you are doing all these things, and now you've also uh, written and published two books, plus I see you're a blogger 
on uh, Huffington, and you've just done so many things. So what are these books about? Let's start with finding your voice using social media, and then we can move on to your newest book. Well, thank you, Joyce. And it's funny, uh, finding your voice using social media, it's old as the dirt now, you know, because I wrote it in 2013, and think how much social media has changed. So I really need to go out. I have revised it once, but I need to go out and revise it again because social media has shifted and changed so much since then. But the reason why I wrote the first one was because so many people were saying, I know I need to be on social media, but it's like drinking out of a fire hose. Where do I even begin? And so it really was a self-help almost a manual that said, this is how you get on social media. This is how you engage. This is how you join the conversation. But what I did, since I have such a deep love for the disability inclusion field, the stories that I told were stories about people with disabilities. Uh, You know, the risks. I I explained one chapter, the risks of social media, because there is. And there was a, a a, a young girl, she's like 12 or 13 in Australia, who had, and she was a young girl with Down syndrome, her identity was stolen. Her picture and stuff was stolen for some fake fundraising. Yeah, so some bad things, a lot of bad things happen on social media too, but um, so, but, so that was the first book. How do you join, you know, how do you, how do you try to manage it? And there's a lot of different ways that you can manage it. You can be active and you can be engaging, but some of it you can do in an automated way. So it was really trying to help, encourage people to get onto social media to find your voice because the more of us that are on there, the more powerful we are, especially in the disability community. We really need to be empowered. Um, and so that's why I wrote the book. And, and, and the content is still good, but there is, I've even changed my mind about, at the time I said, if you only have one place, if you're only going to start with one medium, start with LinkedIn. I, I love LinkedIn and I'm active on LinkedIn, but I would actually say go to Twitter first, just because Twitter has become so powerful and such a powerful medium. Um, and so, but, but I, you know, it's still a relevant book, but I, I really do need to go out and revise it. <laughs> you know, what's amazing, what's amazing, though, you only wrote this three years ago. It sounds like you wrote it 20 years ago. Do you know what I mean? I know. That I just know. shows you. That just shows you, though, how things change. So, um, okay, what is... The, what is, for business people, the advantage of LinkedIn, Deborah? Well, there are major advantages to LinkedIn, especially as a professional networking. I mean, there you can network, you can join groups, you can network with other professionals in the same field. It's a really good pr- place to, to recruit and to let people know what you're capable of. You, if you're, you know, really wanting to, you know, change your career or go into a different field or up your game, th- there's a lot of ways you can engage on LinkedIn um, and, ha- and join some really powerful conversations. Conversations, and you can get noticed as a thought leader pretty quickly. 
And so LinkedIn, depending on which medium I'm on, which social media medium, I use sort of a slightly different voice. When I'm on LinkedIn, it's a very professional voice. Not that I'm not professional in all the mediums, but it's very professional. Um, Here's the business. Here's the information. Here's what you need. When I go to Twitter, I'm a little bit more chatty on there, especially because I have such a large following. And um, and I'm a big sharer of good information um, about inclusion of people with disabilities and also social good. And then Facebook, I mean, every, all of the mediums, to me, they all work together, but you have sort of different voices and different things you post to make it work for that audience. And I'm on Pinterest and Instagram, for example, as well. So... <laughs> I love all that. You're on a boy. There's so many things you're on. It's unbelievable. Um, But you know why I said that is people don't realize this, but there are people that contact people through LinkedIn. So therefore, if you're not on it, you're not going to know what's going on. I, I've gotten job offers, pr- project offers, um, tons on LinkedIn and Twitter. I mean, I get opportunities, job opportunities, project opportunities, collaboration opportunities all the time on those mediums. And so if you aren't out there, you really, really need to be. You need to be if, if you really want to be considered a thought leader and you want to contribute to change in the world. I think you've got to be on social media. Once again, there's a lot of bad that happens on social media, and what I try to do is ignore it. What we call people that are out there being mean on social media, we, I didn't say this, but it's called trolling. It's called trolls. And so what we say on social media is don't feed the trolls. So if somebody starts attacking you for something you said, the best thing to do is ignore it. You don't, uh, you don't show any attention to it, and it's not fun if you're not participating. And so there is a lot about it. It's like my mom said one time, I hate the Internet. And I said, why? And she said, because it's all pornography. And guess what? There's a ton of pornography out on the Internet, but you don't have to go there. And even if you accidentally go there because you clicked on the wrong link, you don't have to stay there. <laughs> so there's a lot of great social good that can happen on these mediums as well, and that's what I'm focused on. Yeah, that's why when people tell me what you just said, I'm not going to get on there. There are bad things. I say, yeah, well, there are bad things on television. But mm-hmm. you choose what you're going to watch and what you're going to participate in. That part is up to you, what you're going to do, what you're going to participate in. And there are so many great advantages. But anyway, okay, how about your new book? Well, and then my new book is Tapping into Hidden Human Capital. And what I wanted to do, Joyce, is once again, I don't want to say I'm the world's most best authority on employment, but I really wanted to reduce some of the fears that employers had in employing people with disabilities. And it took me two years to write it. G3ICT is my publisher, and they're very aligned with the United Nations. So we really, the book needed to be very tight. And so what I did was I tracked 31 corporations all over the world that have actually successfully employed people with disabilities in their workforce or they're committed to this. None of them are perfect. All of them still have work to do, but there are a lot of activities that are happening. And I wrote it from the employer's perspective. I looked out there. There didn't seem to be a lot that was written from the perspective of the employer. There was things written for the service provider 
or for the individual with a disability or for universities, but not for the employer. So I wrote it 100% for the employer. You know, what do we know about employing people with disabilities? What do we know for sure that people with disabilities add value? And they aren't, they are, you know, they, you know, they're not the ones that are going to sue you. They're not the ones that are late to work. They're very loyal to their employers. What are the numbers? What are, what does it mean to have quotas? Where are quotas working? Where are they not working? What is the CRPD definition of disability as opposed to the Americans with Disabilities Act? Um, what responsibilities do I have? But I, so I told the good stories and I explained the problems and the risks, but I tried to do it in a way that would, because you have to do this. You have to employ people with disabilities, and you probably already are. And so I was trying to dispel a lot of the ridiculous myths that still seem to be out there. So it's, I've gotten some really, really good feedback from the book, and a, a lot of copies have sold, too. So it's, and it's, not, it's a pretty easy read, too. We didn't want to make it a real hard read. Um, when I first wrote it, it was 15 chapters, and it would make a thud when it hit the desk. And my publisher said, Deborah. They're never going to take the time to read that much content. And so I whittled it down to a 200-page book, and it is large print for those people like me that need large print because <laughs> I'm over a certain age. A lot of us need that large print. <laughs> now, and of course, we have... Someone, so, listen, someone listening to the show right now, how would they uh, purchase your book? Um, you can go to Amazon and you can do, you, you can always search on my name, D E B R A R U H, um, or you can go to my website, which is ruhglobal.com, or anywhere on social media, Deborah D E B R A R U H. But um, you can also find it on Barnes and Noble and others, but sometimes it's just easier to point people to Amazon. And we do have an accessible version out there. We have Kindle that's fully accessible to people um, that are using screen readers or other technology like that. Okay, well, I'll tell you what, I'm excited about it, and I hope all of you will consider, hey, there's a good gift you can get someone, especially people with disabilities, or, as Deborah said, someone you know thinking of hiring people with disabilities. Um, so, once again, you have tapping into the hidden human capital and finding your voice by using social media by Deborah Rue. So make sure you check that out. Um, that's great, Deborah, that you wrote this. That's really uh, boy, you're busy. I know, I know. I'm I'm a little bit hyperactive, but I just I believe so much in what we're doing here, and I'm working on my third book, Joy, <laughs> which is about inclusion branding. What corporations, mainly this is for those kinds of brands, are actually working to include us? Are they including us in their commercials? Are they including us in employment? Are they making sure their website's accessible? And it's about inclusion branding, making sure that your brand is thinking about the inclusion of people with disabilities. We've seen all those wonderful Super Bowl ads that Comcast and AT&T and Microsoft do. Well, I think those companies need to be rewarded. A Hallmark has a, a lovely commercial out right now for the holidays, and they're including a person uh, in a wheelchair, and Target is doing some really, really powerful 
um, advertising that are including people with disabilities. So who, who are the brands out there, Joyce, that are actually including us? And if you're a family that has a person with a disability in it or you're a person with a disability yourself, we need to honor these brands. If these brands like Barclays Bank are trying to include us in everything they do, well, you know what, if I have a choice, which I do, I'm going to choose to bank with someone like Barclays Bank as opposed to maybe another bank that isn't including us. So I think we need to know from a global perspective which brands are trying to include us. Yeah, and people with disabilities notice. They yeah. do. They notice companies that are disability friendly. So that that yeah. really is a big deal. It's more important than people think it is uh, because often that's just how we make our decisions on, as you said, you're watching TV and, wow, look at that, Barbie now has a doll in a wheelchair or the commercial you're talking about. I mean, it really has an impact. It does. So I'm glad you're doing that, and uh, I will be endorsing that book. People Thank need to read it. that. Here are so here we are, Deborah. We still have so many perceptions that are wrong, myths, uh, one of the reasons we have such a high unemployment, and I'm talking about Americans with disabilities. So what do you think we need to do to change perceptions that are absolutely so wrong and so far off? Well, I, I think that we are starting to see some change. I think a, a lot is being done. I, I am just admire so much a lot of the work that's being done in Hollywood, and I, I, not only in Hollywood, but in our movies and you know these new programs out like Speechless, which I'm in love with, um, and you know Born This Way, and other programs out there. And there were others before these, you know, that had done a really good job of including people with disabilities in empowering ways on their programs. And, you know, we as society, we change our mind based on, you know, television programs. I mean, that's one way that we learn as society. And so I think a lot more, once again, um, you know, having the different types of programs out there that help us learn that, like the, the young man on Speechless that, you know, has a disability, but he's just a young kid that sometimes will be bad and drink beer when his, you know, aide walks off to go to the bathroom. He's just a person. He's a person. And so I think those kind of things really help. And including characters with disabilities and in your writing and your articles and your and continuing to tell the stories of who these people are so that we stop focusing on, you know, oh look you know, isn't that great? Look at her, she's blind and she's working. Oh, that's so cute. No, no. <laughs> Let's focus on every person has abilities. Every single person has abilities. Maybe they need some technology or assistive technology so that you can, you know, they can communicate with the rest of the world. But I think things like that, you know, that's what's starting to really change the conversations. We still have a ton of work to do. And you step out of the United States or some of the developed countries and there's so much work to do. I had heard a story. I'm doing some work with um, partnering with UNESCO in Central America, and there was 
um, a census that was being done in Panama, and the people didn't understand what was happening, and so they hid their children with disabilities because they were afraid the government was going to was coming in to try to take their children away from them. So, really, the government was trying to figure out how many people there were so that they could figure out you know, how many people we need to serve, but there was a lot of misunderstanding. So there's still a lot of terrible misunderstandings when it comes to the abilities that people with disabilities bring. And, of course, it's to, there's still a lot of them, as you know, Joyce, right here in the United States with employment. The misinformation with employment is staggering. I, I, I just don't understand why we still are so, not just us, it's all over the world, but employing people with disabilities is good for your bottom line. Having a diverse workforce is good for your bottom line. And so I think we just have to keep showing the best practices. We have to have all the different voices out there talking about it. Um, it can't just be two of us at the top. You have to have millions of people talking about this. So still lots of work to do, but some promising signs. (laughs) Yeah, and you know what? Here's the thing. That is one of the... The unemployment is one of the biggest problems. You mentioned that show, Speechless. I love that show. Mm -hmm. I love that show. And you know, the one example you just gave so reminds me of when he first went to school, went into the classroom, and the teacher's there... Oh, it's so great to have you, you know. (laughs) And I thought, wow, that's just like the way it is. And, you know, just like the young man on Breaking Bad, the actor, you know, or or Robert David Hall in CSI. Oh, my God. We've got to see more of that. Uh, And and hopefully we'll start to see that needle move uh, on employment because we certainly, you know, have a long way to go. But, Deborah, before we end this show, there is something very important I want to talk to you about, and that is the campaign to end the R word. I want you to explain to our listeners why that is so important. Well, and Joyce, I have a podcast, and um, it's I, I started it about six months ago, and it's called Human Potential at Work. And I recently did an episode uh, on, and I had my amazing daughter with Down syndrome on there. And Sarah's 29 years old, and Sarah had recently started telling me to stop saying, telling people she had Down syndrome. And when she said it, I was like, what? What do you mean? Because that's my work. And so I interviewed her on the program, and we talked about how she sees and hears um, people insulting others. And so Ann Coulter saying Obama looks like he's retarded. She said that a few years ago. Um, uh, Other people, somebody said that Hillary Clinton looked like she had Down syndrome when she was looking at the balloons falling, when she was looking up with joy because she had been the first female presidential candidate for a, a major party. And so the woman is looking up at joy as these balloons are falling, and they're saying that she looks like she has Down syndrome or she should have a lobotomy. And so my daughter is on social media. She's got 12,000 followers, and she sees these people, these leaders, insulting each other by saying they look like they have Down syndrome or they're retarded. And it's like, what are you doing? That's the worst thing you can say about somebody else, and she's actually having some self-esteem problems with it. And she's like, don't tell people I have Down syndrome. And I'm like, well, can I tell people you have a disability? Yes. Okay. Well, 
what do you want people to know? What do you want, how do you want people to treat you? I want people to treat me like I'm normal. Well, that chilled me because I'm like, well, you're special. I'm not special, Mom. I'm normal. And so it's hurting her and so many others that society is labeling, using this horrible R word, retarded, to slam each other. We have to evolve, Joyce. I am so... I, I just think that's ridiculous. We've got to stop doing that. We've got to stop in the first place being so hateful with each other. But stop using names. The worst thing you can say is that somebody looks like my daughter. And I think my daughter's beautiful, and I know you agree, Joyce. So we have got to all come together and ban these hateful words like the R word. Yeah, you know what? I want everyone to know that is so spiteful, so hateful, <sighs> and you can't imagine what that does to people with an intellectual disability. And you can't so believe hurtful. the bullying that goes on and, oh and, you know, and how terrible that is. So you shouldn't use the word at all. You, know, no. you should not use that word at all because mm-hmm. it is so offensive and hurts so many people, including the other family members. I know. So, I know. you know, if you're using it, stop it. It's I very agree. offensive. Stop it. It's not funny. Advance your vocabulary. It is not funny. It's hurtful. And by God, people like Sarah are listening, and you're hurting her. Why would you go into her psyche and hurt her? Who are you? Sorry. <laughs> no, I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. And uh, it just makes me so angry because, you know, I do those classes, the Bender Leadership Academy, on a volunteer basis for the past 15 years now with high school students with disabilities. And every class, when you ask about bullying, everyone raises their hand. And what do a lot of them tell me? How they're called this. And, yep. you know, what it does to them and how it makes them feel. So, uh, you know, don't use it, period. Don't no, it use makes it. them feel unsafe. It makes them feel broken. It makes them feel not valued, and that gets real up in the psyche, and it's hard to get it out of there. I'm doing my best to make my daughter have it, let my, help my daughter have positive self-esteem. Society's not helping me when Richard Dawkins, the stupid atheist, says, I'm sorry, but we says, um, if you have a fetus with Down syndrome, abort it and try again. And the next tweet, and if you don't, you, shame on you, you're a burden to society. The best thing that ever happened in my life was my daughter. Oh, I know. I know. I know. I hate that. I hate that. I I know about that. And, you know, this is what I said. God made you, and God made you in his image. Yes. And you are a beautiful person. You know what that reminds me of? It's like euthanasia or something. It is euthanasia. You know, it's like, uh, you know, the feeling during uh, World War II. I just hate that so much. So um, I'm with you on that. I'm with you, with you, with you. Evolve. Well, look at you. Look at you. Look at all these things you've done. I have no idea how you're going to answer this, but. What would you say at this time is your greatest accomplishment? Um, I would say um, <laughs> that's a really good question. I would say probably right now I would have to talk about my social media accomplishments. I have 135,000 followers on, on Twitter alone, 
and I'm considered in the top like 1% of social media thought leaders. And so the reason why I would say that I'm most proud of right now, beyond my children and my husband and all that, but is because if you are that influential on social media, then you can really, really help our community have a bigger voice. And that's what I always wanted. I very sincerely want to help tell the stories, to help break down the barriers. And so I would say right now, career-wise, that's probably one of the things I'm most I'm most proud of. I also am very proud of being an employer of people with disabilities, always having for-profit companies that proved that my competitors that weren't smart enough to hire people with disabilities, that I, I beat them every time in the marketplace because my staff rocked. And I know you help a lot of companies um, hire those talented people with disabilities that help us differentiate ourselves against our competitors. So also proud of my employees with disabilities, too. Wow. Well, you should be proud. That is such a great accomplishment. It really is. So, first of all, Deborah, it was an honor to have you on the show today. And if someone's listening to the show right now and you're thinking, oh, I wish I could share this with a certain person, remember, it is archived at Voice America and VendorConsult.com. As a matter of fact, you can download it from iTunes. So anyone you know you want to share this with, you can do so. Um, and once again, Deborah, thank you so much for being with us. But I wanted uh, to know what message would you like to leave with our listeners? I just would like to leave. We've only just begun. And all of these people that came before us, the Tony Coelas, the Joyce Benders, all of the, you know, you mentioned, you know, the darts. There are so many people that came before us that, you know, paved this path. And we all have work to do, and we all have to keep advancing it for everybody else. We're all in this together. We all have to speak as one voice. Reward brands that are rewarding us. If you change to a company, a bank like Barclays Bank, because they're including people with disabilities, change. But make sure you write a letter to the CEO of Barclays Bank, tell them why you're moving, and to the bank that you're leaving, why you're leaving them. Our voices must be heard. We must be heard. So, That's right. That's why Tony Quello always said, when you get a chance to take the podium, speak up. <laughs> And that is what we have to do. Well, I end every show with a quote, and today that quote is, The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear, said Nelson Mandela. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, Disability Matters, at voiceamerica.com. Happy New Year. Talk to you then. Bye-bye. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.